the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's time for the Your Personal Bank Show with Ferentz Toth. In an era of chaos, confusion, and craziness, Ferentz is a voice for common sense. As a financial literacy educator, speaker, and entrepreneur, Ferentz cuts through the noise to help us understand how current events affect our money, economy, and our freedom. Now, here's Ferentz Toth. Welcome to the Your Personal Bank Show. This is Ferentz. So I saw this article and I thought it was uh, quite appropriate for the time for dealing the times that we're dealing with right now. And of course, that is having to do with inflation. And the reason I want to bring this up is I think there is a lot of misunderstanding in terms of the inflation rates. This is what I mean by it. So a lot of people have been saying, oh, inflation rates are coming down. The numbers that we've been seeing, like the April of 2022, for example, where the reading came in at 4.9% was the inflation rate, according to the to the federal government. But what a lot of people do not realize is our government is playing a game with statistics. And here's what I mean by that. And this is really extremely important to understand. You see, in April of 2022, a year ago, a year prior, the inflation rate was 8.3% according to the CPI, again, according to the government rate. And so the April 2023 rate, a year later, came in at 4.9. So 4.9 obviously sounds much better than 8.3, and it is from a number standpoint. But here's what a lot of people, unfortunately, do not realize, and that is if you take the reading, the April reading of 2023, then it actually, if you compare it to two years prior, what the inflation rate was, it's 13.2%. In other words, yes, the rate of growth is slowing down. That is accurate. And a lot of journalists and media and all these things are saying the rate of inflation growth is slowing down. But understand what's happening is they're comparing inflation rates to the year prior. And a year ago, again, April of 2022, the inflation had jumped 8%. And so now in April of 23, it's jumped another roughly almost 5%. The total two-year increase is actually 13%. you got to add the two together. So your rate of increase slows down after you've had high jumps previously. Again, it's a a game they're playing with statistics. According to the CPI, to our our own federal government numbers, okay, and we'll discuss that a little bit further, the rate of inflation over the past two years, has increased 13.2%. Look, that is nothing That is nothing worth celebrating by, by any stretch. The other thing about the inflation numbers that folks need to understand, some do, I've heard some people talk about this, the way that inflation was measured, let's, let's say in the 1970s, is different than the way the government measures inflation today. Here's what I mean by that. So in the 1970s, they took a uh, standard basket of uh, things that people purchased, okay, 
and they measured the prices of those, that basket of goods, you know, based on, say, what it was a year prior, the cost of those year prior. And that's how they determined the rate of inflation. Again, our government's playing games with that. The way they do it now is they choose what items to put into that basket. And those items in the basket can change month to month. So what our government is doing, probably no surprise to many people, what they're doing is they're choosing what items are put in that basket, and they're oftentimes choosing the things that have gone up the least. So the impact, the numbers of inflation seem less than they really are. And see, that's a problem, folks. They're cher- in other words, they're cherry-picking the number. They're cherry-picking the items to put in the basket so they can affect the numbers. I've heard many economists discuss that discuss this, that inflation, if it was counted today, like it was in the 1970s, we would have been in double-digit numbers, not, not 7, 8, 9% where we were last year and in the 5% range as we are this year in 2023. In other words, the numbers would be far higher. And anyone who pays any attention, and like I've said, this is unscientific study, I guess, but it's personal reality. If I look at my own budget, what we spend on our, our family spends for things like food and and gas and things like that, and I've done budgeting for many of my clients. I can tell you folks, over the last couple of years, the percentage increase of costs of the typical items that a household uses has increased around 25 to 30% actually, not the 13% I was explaining earlier with the games that the government is playing with CPI. It's more like double that. And the reason is real simple. The items that a family purchases um, change somewhat, typically, but not a whole lot. In other words, if you buy a loaf of bread, okay, you might switch to a cheaper or more cost-effective brand, let's say, but you're still going to be buying bread, okay? You can stop buying bread if you're going to eat sandwiches. So what people are spending money on doesn't change a lot. Plus, there's, you know, taste factors, there's preferences, people have favorite brands, etc. right? They get used to purchasing or eating certain items, and they're, they're reluctant to change, right? So my point is the average household, the average family in America is seeing more like a 25 30% increase in their cost of normal everyday items that they purchase and use, like food, over the past two years. That's the real numbers, folks. That's the real impact. And I know the government, again, plays these statistical games with the numbers to make people feel better, but the reality is things are not that much better. It's, it's, a, it's a game. It's a political game. I mean, you got to understand the game. One of the things my wife always uh, has said to me is, you have to understand the rules of the game if you're going to win, right? How do you beat inflation? Well, <laughs> one, of the, one of the ways to do that, obviously, is... Well, make more money or spend less, right? Those are the two main ways. Your money has to go, money you do make and invest has to go farther. That's why getting a positive cash flow or positive arbitrage on funds over and above what you're earning, investing or whatever, is so important, especially in high inflation times, which we are. Your personal bank can do that, of course. And if you want more information, of course, contact me. But what I want folks to understand, I want you to understand is the rate of inflation, although the rate of increase of inflation is slowing down, 
the rate of inflation, the actual cost of things, really is not slowing down nearly as much as people think, okay? Because, again, they're comparing higher higher numbers from the previous year. And if you don't understand, follow me completely on that. Like I said, contact me. I'll be happy to explain it to you. But the reality is most people I talk to are feeling it in the pocketbook. They just understand intuitively when you go to the grocery store, you see how much more you're paying for items or the, the restaurant or anything else for that matter. You see how much more you're actually paying than you were even just a couple of years ago. So inflation is still very, very real and very um, impactful. Now, there's a couple other things I think in, regarding inflation that are uh, important and, and really about the hidden costs of inflation and how it is for many people it, it destroying the American dream. It's, it, it's destroying their future. It's hindering their ability to grow and save and, and, and build a future with their money. And then one, the other thing is like the, the real estate market. You know, the first quarter of 2023, the U.S. housing market declined for four straight quarters, by the way. And, and a lot of it, of course, is because interest rates are now, the average interest rate is over 7%, actually the third time this year. And this is drag, driving a lack of inventory with fixed mortgages below 5%. So a lot of people that had mortgages or refinanced during the really low interest rate periods are really hesitant to move because they understand if they move and they and their house isn't paid for, they need a new mortgage. The new mortgage is going to be interest rates going to be far higher. So in some areas, it's causing a still a shortage of inventory, lack of inventory. People who are trying to buy, it's finding it more difficult. Not many people are venturing in the housing market right now. It's really, really struggling. And I, I believe it's going to get worse before it gets better. The other one that I haven't heard a lot of people talk about is the, the auto market. Cars and autos and stuff suffered from supply chain issues for a couple of years with the COVID shutdowns and all that. But now the auto industry is suffering from high interest rates. The average new car loan is now about 9%, which is up from about 5, 5.5% just a year or so ago. All right? And a used car average is something like 11% loan today. It's, it's shocking. All that extra interest, higher interest, of course, causes that car payment to go up significantly, okay? And so that is really impacting the car industry the auto, uh, in a significant way. Also, delay, car repossessions, by the way, are, were in, in 2022 already were up 11%, and they're expected to go much higher in 2023. So it's going to get interesting how things happen going forward. The last one, so there's one other that's really important, that shows you that inflation is really hurting the American consumer, the average American household, and that is the rising, expanding credit card debt. The total credit card debt in the United States now is, is approaching approximately $1 trillion. And by the way, folks, that's a 17% increase from just a year ago, and is a record high. So there's a lot of households out there that are now turning to their credit cards or even have been for a while to pay for oftentimes their basic expenses like food, utilities, whatever, just to make ends meet. And they're using high interest credit to do it. And the Federal Reserve is, is re- repeatedly saying, stating that they plan to keep interest rates um, high 
at least through the end of this year and not reduce them at least through sometime in 2024. That is going to really negatively impact people with their credit card bills because interest rates aren't going down anytime soon. And and look, credit card interest rates are never low. doesn't matter what time frame you're looking at. So when people are tapping into those, that is bad news economically. And the other part about that is there is a finite amount of credit people have. In other words, as they tap that over time, as they go along, they're going to reach their, their limits. And when they reach their credit limit, then you start talking about true financial disaster. Again, if they're using those to cover their basic expenses, you are talking about a disaster in the making. I'm going to share one more thing about inflation, and then we're going to call, talk, uh, we're going to discuss the uh, credit limit, de- the debt ceiling limit, I should say, uh, in the next segment. So I'm going to encourage you to stay tuned. Don't miss this because this is going to be a powerful show, helping you understand more about what's going on with your money today, which will help you make better financial decisions going forward to navigate this. So I'm really going to encourage you. Don't miss it. Stay tuned for more common sense from Ferens. For more information. Contact parents at 866-268-4422 or yourpersonalbank.com. That's 866-268-4422. Welcome back to the Your Personal Bank Show with Ferentz Toth. Want more information? Contact parents at 866-268-4422 or yourpersonalbank.com. That's 866-268-4422. Now back to the show with Ferentz Toth. Welcome back to the Your Personal Bank Show. This is Ferentz. And in the last segment, I was discussing a number of things about inflation and why it's so important to understand really what's going on. I know we get told a lot of things. We hear in the media a lot of things. And my, my goal here really is not to, not to scare people or, or anything like that. It's just to really help people understand what's really going on. I don't know about you, but I'm getting tired. I've been tired a long time ago of being treated like a kid. I'm an adult. And look, if you're worried about uh, freaking me out or you have an agenda, you know, many politicians do, of course, Uh, many of the media do, or they're, you know, like I said, they're trying not to scare people, cause panic, things like that. uh, If they're to share the truth, you know, if you're sugarcoating things, I I don't want to hear it. I'm sorry. Like I said, I'm an adult. I'm going to assume that you want to be uh, one of my common things I share with people all the time is, you know, when I have not so good news to share, I I say to them, (laughs) I do it with a smile. I say, look, do you want me to tell you what you want to hear or what you need to hear? And the answer I always get is give me, tell me what I need to hear. Because until you understand what's really going on, until you have some of the facts, you cannot really make good, solid decisions, all right? You just can't. You're in, in a world that doesn't exist, or you're, or I've seen that, what they call, we call the ostrich syndrome, where somebody just doesn't want to know. Most common things I see with the ostrich syndrome is when the stock market's not doing well and people get their monthly statements and they don't want to open them because they just know that it's bad news. They don't want, don't want to know how bad that's not a good way to live. I'm sorry. My opinion. I think give me the facts. Let me understand what's going on. Then I can make the appropriate decisions going forward. I'm an adult, so treat me like one. So that's what I'm going to do with you. I'm, I'm treating you like an adult, like I, I would want to be treated myself. 
And so, like I said, the the inflation rate is far, still far worse, far higher than they make you lead media and even the Federal Reserve lead you to believe by touting these lower inflation numbers, like saying the rate of inflation is decreasing. They tout that. That's true, but the reality is inflation is still high, and the, the reason those numbers are decreasing is because they're comparing them to, to exceptionally high numbers from a year ago. So statistically, the numbers sound better, but the reality is a lower percentage on a higher amount can be the same or even higher total inflation, even though the rate is going down. It's a statistical trick, okay? That's what I want you to understand. Inflation is still high. It's still far higher than the Federal Reserve or anyone wants it to be or they state they want it to be. There's some there's some out people out there that that uh, believe that maybe they do want some of this stuff. I, I, I'm not going to speak to that today. I really can't say either way. But the reality is inflation is very high still, and you, we have to deal with it. What do you do? Well, one of the things is your money has to go farther because it's worth less. It's just that simple. Positive arbitrage, positive cash flow. Your personal bank can create that. That's one of the solutions here, okay? And like I said, contact me if you want more information. But the other thing I want to discuss today is on this, about this inflation, showing how inflation is really eating into people's livelihoods. It's, it's destroying the American dream. That's, that's really a good way to put it. The number of folks who are taking 401k hardship withdrawals, a hardship withdrawal means you have a, you've had a financial financial catastrophe. You need to take money from your future. You're you're stealing money from your future to cover the expenses today. You're struggling to make ends meet, which will negatively affect your retirement. Obviously, if you have less money to retire on, right? Well, the the uh, the number of hardship withdrawals just in 2022 rose by 24 percent, and the inflation wasn't as bad. Uh, in 2022 as it was in 2023. Now, you just heard me say that. You say, wait a minute, Ference. Inflation rates in 2022 were far higher than they are so far in 23. And I use the example comparing April to April. So April 22 to April 23. Inflation rates in April 22 were 8%, 8.3 actually. And inflation rates of April 23 was 4.9. Well, 4.9 is better than 8.3. Percentage-wise, I agree with you, but overall, I do not. Here's why. That means the cost of goods and services, according to the U.S. government numbers, it means it's 13% higher than it was in 21, two years ago. In other words, because it increased another 5% over last year, you're paying 5% more than you were last year and 13% more than you were two years ago. You tell me how that's better. What it means is overall inflation is higher it's 13% higher, actually, as of April, according to the government CPI numbers from April of 2021. In other words, you're paying 5% more than you were a year ago. Inflation is higher today than it was a year ago. The costs of things are higher now than they were a year ago. Does that make sense? That means inflation is worse today than it was a year ago because it costs you more than it did a year ago. You see where I'm saying? You follow me. Hopefully that made some sense. Hopefully that clicked for some people. That's something I think a lot of people miss. And that's a key financial literacy tool about inflation that we all need to understand. The only way, folks, and I'm telling you, the only way that inflation is less this year than it was last year 
is if we had negative inflation. In other words, the cost of goods and services actually went down. Then, in only then, would you have a situation where it costs less than it did previously, say two years ago. Of course, right now, we don't have negative inflation. We have positive inflation. We have higher prices. And the prices are continuing to rise. And as the longer this goes on, the longer the prices continue to rise, even at a lower rate of increase, means you're paying more and more and more for things. So all these things we're discussing about 401k hardship withdrawals and the record um, credit card debt, the, uh, the increase in mortgages and car loans or any type of loan for that matter, the, the extra cost of purchasing basic goods and services, at the longer this goes, the longer this continues, the worse it gets for people. The more it hurts, the more Americans are hurting. And today's financial headlines, for the most part, are not bringing this up. They're not discussing this. They're not talking about it. There's reasons behind it. There's agendas behind it. There's political reasons behind it. But the reality is people are hurting, and they're hurting more than they have ever before. And unfortunately, the longer this goes on, the worse it's going to get. It's like piling on, piling on, piling on. And to survive this, again, you've got a few, you've got some, some people are going to have to make some tough choices, and some already are. Increasing income is one. Decreasing expenses is another because your money just doesn't go as far as it used to. Having your money grow for you, and even after you spend it, using positive arbitrage, positive cash flow through your personal bank is another way to help double, in other words, make your money work double, double time for you, right? It's more important than ever. And folks, it's more important now than it was a year ago or even two years ago because inflation is worse now than it was a year ago or two years ago, like I stated earlier. If you missed what I was saying, you <laughs> go back to yourpersonalbank.com. Listen to what I was saying. It's getting worse and worse and worse. And until it stops increasing, it will continue to get worse. And it will continue to impact people's buying power and the, the ability to buy things, the ability to retire, the ability to live their lifestyle the way they've lived it up to this point. It will continue to threaten that more and more and more. And more and more people are going to fall off the wagon, if you will. They're going to get thrown. They're not going to be able to maintain their lifestyle. They're going to lose their car. They're going to lose their house. They're going to lose things that are valuable, important to them. And it's going to be, it's going to cause economic pain. And it's, it's hard to say, it's hard to see, but that is the reality. I'm not here to scare people. I'm here to give you the facts. I'm an optimistic person generally. By giving you the facts, you know, if you are one of those folks who are struggling and to make ends meet and it's getting tighter and tighter, don't put your head in the sand. Don't have that ostrich syndrome. We call it don't, you know, and just hope it gets better until inflation stops increasing, which at this point, there's no, there's no end in sight at the moment. We don't know how much longer this is going to last. It's been a couple of years. How much longer is going to continue? Nobody knows, but to ignore the problem is the worst thing you can do. The sooner you can address the problem before you get to a crisis point, the better. 
It gives you more options. It gives you more time to make changes. And these are the kind of discussions. I had one of those today with a, well, with a good friend of mine and many clients and prospects. These are discussions I'm having with people every day. They aren't always the most pleasant ones right now, but they're discussions that need to be made and, and hard decisions that need to be made. If you are talking to somebody and they're not bringing up some of these concerns or issues or addressing these, you need to talk to somebody else. Like I said, if you want to contact me, feel free to do so. I encourage you to do so. I can help you navigate this inflation crisis that has continued to grow and grow and grow so far without stopping. I wish I had better news, okay? But the reality is this is where a lot of people are at. And and by the way, you know, what is it, 57%, the last study I saw, 57% of people in the United States right now, if they needed $1,000, because they had a crisis, they would have a. They would have. They would struggle getting it. That means you're. They're on the edge. Inflation thing, crisis that just continues on and on and on is absolutely the worst thing that could ever happen. Some people call it the silent killer, the silent tax. That's what inflation is. It just means the value of your dollar continues to shrink. That what you can use, what you can purchase with that dollar is less and less. In fact, and we're seeing it in shrinkage of of products, for example. I bought a bottle, you know, these drink bottles of um, flavored waters, and we get these from Costco. And the last ones we bought, the bottles were smaller, like two ounces smaller than the ones before, and the price was the same. So even though the price didn't go up, the amount we received was less. That's inflation, too. I'm going to talk about this debt ceiling stuff in the next segment. Encourage you to stay tuned. Don't miss it. Stay tuned for more common sense from Ferens. For more information, contact Ferens at 866-268-4422 or yourpersonalbank.com. That's 866-268-4422. Welcome back to the Your Personal Bank Show with Ferens Toth. Want more information? Contact Ferens at 866 866- 268-4422 or yourpersonalbank.com. That's 866-268-4422. Now back to the show with Ference Toth. Welcome back to the Your Personal Bank Show. This is Ference. And the last couple of segments, I've just been discussing a lot about inflation and the ongoing effects of it and why it's hurting the American dream. It's causing economic pain for people. And if you're in that position, by all means, go back, go to yourpersonalbank.com, listen to this or any of the previously recorded shows, reach out to me, contact me, be happy to help you navigate this. You've got to have your money work for you more than it has been before because it's worth less. Let's discuss the debt ceiling such. I do want to say this is a fast moving event. By the time you listen, when you listen to this, because this show is aired on different stations around the country on different days. You know, the debt ceiling situation, might they, there might be a, a resolution by the time you listen to this, or if you go to the website and listen at yourpersonalbank.com. The things I want to share are it doesn't matter whether there's a resolution or not, because first of all, the fact that we even have an issue with the debt ceiling is beyond ridiculous. It is, it's a travesty. It's a complete and total lack of, of financial responsibility. We can put that responsibility. This isn't political. We can put it on both political parties because this hasn't, this problem hasn't been brewing for the last 
year or two. It's been brewing for the last couple of decades. Now, it's been building and building, like I was discussing in the last segments about inflation, and now it's built to a crisis point, all right? And inflation is getting to the crisis point for more and more people every day as it continues to build. So is the, so the federal government's dealing with some of the same problems. Now, it's self-inflicted. What's so frustrating about all this is the debt ceiling is completely and totally self-inflicted by our own government leaders. They've spent too much money. They have, re- have been receiving this past year, for example, record revenues, all-time high tax revenues. So it's not a revenue problem. The government is receiving plenty of money. In fact, they're getting more money than they ever have received in their history. All-time highs, period. And the fact is they can't balance their books when they're getting all-time income is just ridiculous. And a lot of it is because they just spent too much money over the last couple of decades, increasing, 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 but absolutely just blew it out in the last couple of years with a lot of this quote-unquote COVID spending. That was the excuse used, at least. So they just blew it out over the last couple of years, and it's, just, it's become the point where it's beyond sustainable. In fact, the amount that the government owes, over $31 trillion, is more than the government bring, brings in a gross domestic product for a year. This is the highest debt to GDP our government has ever, this country has ever faced at any time in its history. The only other time in our government's, our country's history, I should say, our debt was over 100% of GDP was in the depths of World War II, where we blew out spending for defense spending to win a war. Folks, I think most people would agree that is a, a, that's a reason to spend money, to defend yourself in a war or to stop a war from coming to your shores. That's what World War II was. But the reasons behind the spending this time, and I'm talking over the last 20 years, but the worst of it in the last couple of years, are just wasteful, in most cases, most of it, just complete, total wastefulness. Now, I understand why elected politicians and bureaucrats want to spend more money. It's because they gain power as a result. They get to direct where that money goes that's spent. That gives you power. If you can give a, a, a benefit or a, a policy or a tax law, whatever it may be, and you can allocate, like let's use an example. Recently, a lot, a lot of money has been allocated to the green energy right uh, industry. Well, that gives you a lot of power as a politician because people that are in that business are going to curry favor from you and going to want things from you, and you gain power as a result. Absolute power corrupts absolutely. It doesn't surprise me one bit why the leadership, why the elected politicians want to spend more money. They want power. The bureaucrats, it's no different. If you're in charge of an agency, you know whether it's the FBI or the Department of Energy or any other agency for that matter, the larger the budget you, the you have, the more power you have. So they're always constantly trying to increase their budgets. They're consistently trying to increase their power and control, and it, it just gives them power. That's the natural progression of any government. Jefferson and many of the founders discussed that. 
governments inherently, and you look out throughout human history, not just our government, all governments throughout human history, naturally seek to obtain more and more and more power. Well, we now have a bureaucratic state now that has increased about 40% over the last couple of years, a 40% increase. I'll give you an example. I heard this the other day, and this, this was shocking. This was mind-boggling to me. So I was listening to a, uh, a general who was discussing uh, the you know, Ukraine and government spending and some of these things and the waste because, oh, they were discussing how the Pentagon recently announced they had a $3 billion uh, accounting error. Folks, $3 billion with a B, not in $3 million, $3 billion. In other words, they had $3 billion they just couldn't account for. It was an accounting error. Now, my opinion, if you ask my opinion, is probably a lot of fraud and waste involved in that. His point, was, his point he made was simple. He said, and he was saying the same thing. He says, think about this a minute. We today have 44 four-star generals in the, in the U.S. military. And I think he said, don't quote me on this, but there's a little over a million uh, service members under uniform, something like 1.1 million or so. So we got about a mil- little over a million service members, 44 four-star generals in the entire military today. During World War II, we had 13, over 13 million service members in uniform, and we had seven four-star generals. So World War II, we fought an entire world war with seven four-star generals. Today, we have, we're not involved officially in any wars. We're not involved officially in any wars. We got 44 four-star generals. Why do we need 44 four-stars? That's too many chiefs, right? That's top-heavy administration. That's wastefulness. That's too much money spent. And on top of that, you have all those people, and you have a $3 billion accounting error? Come on, man. Come on, folks. That is waste. That is fraud. That is irresponsible. And on top of all of with all of that, that's just one example. And look, I'm, I'm for the military. I served in the U.S. Army, okay? I'm, I'm for defense and spending. We need to have safe, you know, a strong defense. I'm for all that. But I'm also against waste and fraud. And that's just one example. We could talk about the COVID waste. We all know, we've heard, there's been billions of dollars wasted in fraud from the COVID money that was dished out to all types of places. We could go on and on and on about the government fraud and the government waste, wasteful spending. And you have all of that going on. At the same time, you have an argument, primarily the Democrats, who want to spend more money. The Biden administration, the Democrats want to spend more? You have record revenues. You have record debt. You have record fraud and waste. You know, how, let, me, let, me, uh, let me start... Start one place. There are unallocated COVID funds. In other words, there's millions and millions and hundreds of millions of dollars, apparently, monies that were allocated for COVID that still have not been spent. And everyone, including the WHO and the CDC and all that, have announced at the end of COVID, there is no more COVID epidemic. Yet there's hundreds of millions of dollars that have not been spent, and they don't want to return it. And yet they want to even spend more. Folks, it doesn't make any logical sense whatsoever at all from a financial standpoint. What about the $3 billion accounting error from the the Pentagon? Let's address that. 
What about the billions of dollars of wasted uh, fraud and waste with all the other COVID spending? Let's go. There's so many places. What if we just cut back the fraud and spending, or wasteful spending, by half? Look, you want the American people to pay their taxes, contribute to the system, yet you want to have zero accountability. You want to continue to waste, wasteful spending. You want to continue to look fraud, have fraudulent situations, $3 billion accounting errors, and look the other way. You have an FBI that wants to build a headquarters larger than the Pentagon. They want 500, I think it's billion, I'm not sure, million or billion, I don't know, a ton of money to build a new headquarters larger than the Pentagon. And they've been involved in election interference. I'm sorry, that's proven. They've been not doing their job. Here's a, Let me give you another one. 20% roughly of federal employees by the federal government itself are deemed as non-essential. They're considered non-essential employees. How about we just start there? You have too much debt. You have spent too much money. Do not spend any more. Look, this current debt ceiling frustrating that it's even happening. It's frustrating that the Republicans have agreed to another $1.5 trillion increase in the debt ceiling just so the, they don't uh, default on the debt. But at least they're trying to, you know, by setting the, bringing the spending back to 2022 levels, which is only five months ago, uh, no cuts, none. 1% increase per year for 10 years. Look, I, it's not a great deal, but it's, it's a step in the right direction. I'll say that much. And the Democrats can't even agree to that. That's mind-boggling in one respect. From a financial responsibility standpoint, it's absolutely, completely, and totally mind-boggling. The good news in all this is recent polls are showing that 60% of Americans want to see cuts to federal spending in any deal to raise the debt ceiling. Thank God for the American people and some common sense. And I believe that's the only true solution to all of this going forward. If we're ever going to get out of this spiraling debt problem and start reducing the spending and the wastefulness and get back to some, some sense, some sense at least, of some financial sanity. Thank God for the American people. Stay tuned in the next segment, the last segment. I want to share a few other things that are going to be very eye-opening. Yeah, you just don't want to miss it. Stay tuned for more Common Sense from Ferens. For more information, contact Ferens at 866-268-4422 or yourpersonalbank.com. That's 866-268-4422. Welcome back to the Your Personal Bank Show with Ferens Toth. Want more information? Contact Ferentz at 866-268-4422 or yourpersonalbank.com. That's 866-268-4422. Now back to the show with Ferentz Toth. Welcome back to the Your Personal Bank Show. This is Ferentz. And <laughs> in the last segment, I got pretty fired up about the government spending and really the wastefulness. I, I don't know about you, but that just I don't, it gets, uh, that gets under my skin. That frustrates the tar out of me. And I believe the reason behind it, I, I hate I hate wastefulness. I always have. I think it, it does come from, you know, I grew up, uh, We, you know, my 
dad died when I was seven. We were upper middle class. My mom was a school teacher, but at the time, raising three small children, I was seven, the oldest of three kids. And so when my dad passed away, and back then, you know, we didn't have a whole lot of life insurance or anything. So we went from upper middle class to barely scraping by, okay? We actually moved to a farm, raised much of our own food so that we could eat. I mean, it was literally that type of thing. We would go to this grocery store, like once we go to the store once a month into town and buy sugar and flour and things like that that we couldn't raise. So I came from, you know, I had a. I lived in a, I went to a good school and all that kind of stuff, lived in a nice area, but we, we struggled to get by. Okay. And so maybe it was, you know, I lived it beat into me, whatever. No, I lived it folks. It you didn't waste. We weren't, we didn't have the luxury to waste. Okay. That just wasn't an option. And so when I see the wastefulness of our federal government, the wastefulness and spending, uh, you know, because we didn't have a whole lot growing up. And that's what drives me oftentimes. I, obviously, it helped make me who I am. So I don't regret it. Please understand that. I'm thankful for the, the experience and the, and the, that I received and the education I received as a result of that. But it does. It just it sticks under my craw. It sticks in my craw that when I see wastefulness, and it frustrates the tar to me. And even my, my family will tell you, and, you know, I see people wasting food and stuff like that at dinner. I just, it really bothers me because that's how I was raised, okay? And so I have a hard, I understand not everybody had that experience and maybe it doesn't impact them so as much. Are you sick and tired yet of working hard and seeing a good chunk of the money that you earn that whether you are, while you're working or if you're retired, it doesn't matter. You worked hard for it. Most of us did. Are you sick and tired of seeing so much of that money just flat out blown and wasted i mean when are when are americans going to say, say enough's enough this country was founded we went to war this country went to war against britain over half a penny tax no taxation without representation all of that remember that stuff and i understand half a penny was worth a lot more than it is today but still it was pretty minor and they were they got all worked up over it and actually fought a revolution a revolutionary war over it. That's our history. That's our, And today, I've seen studies that show the average American, working American, works until May each year to pay, just to pay their taxes. And then they get to keep the rest of the year. So about five months of your year goes to taxes. And the rest, the other seven months or so, you get to keep. You know, when is it? And, and the, you know, like I said, the Democrats right now are fighting to increase the debt ceiling because they want to spend more. You know, when is enough enough? We're seeing moves in the right direction. I'm thankful for that. I'm hopeful that enough people are getting frustrated. Like I said, 60% of Americans want spending cuts tied to, to uh, any increase in the debt ceiling. That's good. That's a good news. To me, there should be far more of that. But I'll take it. I'll take whatever we, whatever it takes. But we need to. Un- Washington needs to understand they work for us, not the other way around, and they need to get by on less because they've spent far too much for far too long. It's time to cut their credit card. If you had a family member or you know that was spending money like our federal government does, where they're spending more than they made for the last twenty plus years, 
you cut their credit cards. You cut them off. And that's what needs to happen here, okay? It's that simple. But on top of that, I love this one. Even Democrats are are getting frustrated and incredulous when they realize that Biden, in the midst of all these debt debt ceiling talks, discussions, he's the one that said he wouldn't negotiate for months, right? This deadline was coming. He thought that the Republicans couldn't get to get it together and he'd be able to work out some kind of deal at the last minute. So far, it's not working out that way. The Republicans actually passed a bill in the House, and the House is the purse strings. They passed a bill that does increase the debt ceiling, avoids default, and limits spending to 2022 levels. That's all good. 2022 was just spending, that was just five months ago, and only allows increases of 1% per year for the next decade. Look, it's no, it's not any cuts. My, If it was up to me, man, I would cut like crazy. The Democrats can't seem to even handle that. They can't even handle no cuts and a 1% increase each year. It's a step in the right direction. I've never seen anything like it. It's nuts. It's crazy. But the reality is the Democrats are getting frustrated because Biden's not taking these talk, these negotiations seriously. In fact, he's spending Memorial Day weekend at uh, Camp David. He's ditching Washington. He's not even in town. Is this a crisis or not? Does he care? I don't know. I don't know why he would be... We're, we're within days of the federal government running out of money, which, by the way, I personally don't think is a bad thing. I think believe that's a good thing. It will actually force them to spend less, okay? Yes, there, will, there could be some defaults. I get it. Yes, it could cause some economic hardships. I understand that. But here's the other the thing I also understand. The federal government has spent so much money and has so much debt already I believe, my personal opinion, it was we're far gone past the point of no return in terms of economic hardships in the future. The reality is the debt is so high. There's so much of it. We're going to pay pay the price, pay the piper. There's going to be economic pain. It's just a matter of of when. Bite the bullet now or bite the bullet in a year or two from now. What's the difference at this point? That's my opinion. Okay, not everyone would agree with that. I get it. The government's been kicking this can down the road for years, years and years, right? So why not now? I have no problem with it, but uh, the Democrats are kind of freaking out because he's not not uh, even engaging, not even negotiating. Now, here's, a, here's some other interesting aspects of the debt ceiling. Two credit rate agencies, Finch, Finch is one of them, has stated they, they're likely... They're considering reducing the AAA credit rating currently held by the U.S. even if a debt ceiling agreement is made. And the reason behind it, which is logical, it's financially sound, is because there really is no, the the Republican plan to freeze spending at 2022 levels with a 1% annual increase is, is a good plan. It's not a great plan, but it's good. What they're saying is the credit agencies are saying we may reduce the the uh, credit rating of the U.S. even if they come to agreement because there is so much in debt and this political brinksmanship every year or so of happening. You know, are we going to raise the debt ceiling? Are we not? You know, like I said, that leaders are our 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 political leaders have failed to meaningfully meaningfully tackle medium term fiscal challenges will likely lead to rising budget deficits and a growing debt burden. In other words, they're saying, unless they do meaning, true meaningful change, I've shared some of them what I think they should be. You know, get rid of all the non-essential employees right out the gate. 
That's 20% of your of your federal workforce right there. I didn't identify them as non-essential. The federal government did. Why are we carrying non-essential employees at a time when you have record debt? That makes no financial logical sense whatsoever. If you were taking over a, a, a corporation that had high debt and was struggling, first thing, what is the first thing they do? They cut employees. They cut the fat. They cut the excess expenses. Our federal government needs to do the same thing. Look, if your household was faced with that type of crunch in terms of income and you had too much debt, you would cut, you would cut the excess expenses. You'd have to. We all do that. We all understand that. We all understand financial responsibility on some level, and if we don't, we pay the price. Well, finally, our federal government might be lo- looking at the same thing. And, and to me, in the long run, that's, that's actually good. Now, a couple other quick little things I want to share before I run out of time that is highly, highly concerning. This is one I believe is even more important than the debt ceiling fight, uh, inflation, any of those things. Because, and I've seen hardly anything about this, it has to, has to do with the Ukrainian war. On this show a number of times, I'm half Hungarian, like I said. My dad escaped from the Soviets, <clears throat> from communism, when he was young. And I, I do have some distant relatives actually, that live in western Ukraine, okay? And I've been, from the beginning, very much against us being involved in this Ukrainian war because I know what you hear in the media. I'm telling you on the ground, I know people there, this is not... It's a civil war, folks. Most uh, Eastern Ukraine is mostly Russian ethnic and Russian-speaking people who actually want to be part of Russia. Now, I don't, I don't agree that Putin and Russia should have come in and invaded like they did, but the reality is we have no business being involved in this. NATO doesn't either. This is a civil war, and this is a play area that we have no strategic interest in. We have no no business being there. There's been problems, civil war problems, civil unrest in that area of the world for centuries. Most people don't have the facts on the ground and understand what's really going on. We should let them deal with it and let, you know, I'm sorry, but that's that's the facts. That's a sad truth. But we're involved in it because, oh, and the other thing is Ukraine has been well known as being one of the most corrupt countries in the world. Let's be real. It's been a money laundering, uh, money laundering country. With you know, we saw that with the FTX and um, what Sam Bankman freed and all this kind of stuff. Nobody was prosecuted, but the reality is a lot of um, a lot of money laundering happened through U- U- Ukraine. And I always say, if you want to understand why why something is the way it is, why are we involved with Ukraine? Just follow the money. Same reason we're involved in the Middle East in those wars. Oil, follow the money, right? Biden is now moving toward greenlining F-16s for Ukraine. Folks, I'm sorry, but that that could very easily lead to war with Russia, and they're a nuclear power. And if something bad goes wrong with that, forget inflation, forget the debt ceiling. Those things aren't important anymore. We are talking about war with a nuclear power, and that is far, far more serious than anything else, and I'm not seeing anything on that. And to me, that is extremely, extremely concerning, and I do not trust the current administration to handle this. Folks, I know this has been a tough show. I know it's, you know, I'm not really an optimistic person. Last week, I was talking a lot about why the economic leading in economic indicators are leading, are showing us we're headed or already in a hard landing or a recession. The chances of a soft landing are extremely, extremely low, even though the media and politicians would like you to believe otherwise. 
all almost all the leading indicators are pointing otherwise. This is important because if you listen to the elites, the World Economic Council, the media, whatever, they want you to be happy with nothing. And what I find interesting is you have companies like BlackRock who are buying real estate properties or have been. They're not renting. If you're happy with nothing, that means you own nothing. That means you're a renter, not an owner, for example, of your property. And there's clearly been an attack on home ownership in America, for example. You can't listen to the media and the elites, the legacy media, that is, and the elites, because they don't have your best interests in mind, particularly economically. World Economic Forum, all of those places. I don't see any of them selling their homes, their mansions. I think it's funny. You have Bernie Sanders, for example, who rails against capitalism, yet owns three homes. I don't see him selling any of those homes. Or I would rather share with you what you need to hear rather than maybe what you want to hear. That will give you the opportunity to make better financial decisions for you, your family, your loved ones, your future. And those are the things I share with people when I when we discuss their financial situation, when we make plans and what makes really makes sense for them, not just what you know everyone else does. Again, if you do what everyone else does, you're going to get what everyone else gets. And I started the show today where inflation is eating away at the middle class. It's, it's taking away. It's attacking the American dream. If you want to do what the wealthy actually do instead of what they say or tell us to do, contact me regarding your personal bank. Still on our money. In God we trust. Contact Ference at 866-268-4422 or yourpersonalbank.com. That's 866-268-4422. This show is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information. The presenter and guests of this program do not engage in legal, accounting, or tax advice. Professional advice regarding your situation should be sought if required. Some products discussed may have limitations and not be available in all states. Excessive unpaid loans may affect performance. Distributions may become taxable if not managed properly. Replacements may not be suitable for everyone. There may be charges when replacing coverage. Dividend rates and bank line of credit rates may change. For current rates, contact Ference at 866-268-4422 or yourpersonalbank.com. Again, that's 866-268-4422 or yourpersonalbank.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.